Hi, Rodney Jane here. Be safe these holidays with Bob Jane T-Mart's great getaway deals. Buy three, get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop and J-Tracks. Up to $100 instant cash back on a range of Michelin, Continental, Goodyear, Bob Jane Zenon and Moto Sport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test and apply. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here. My name's Grant Rowley, and it is an absolute happy new year to you and a happy new pod as well. Here we go for another 365 laps before we get to do all those cool things called uh, holidays. The only good thing is that they seem to come around a bit faster as you get older. Uh, The bad thing is that the pay rises don't seem to come as often. But no worries, this episode of Parked Up is free for your ears and we have an absolute beauty for you. I've got a young man on the phone right now with an American dream in his hand. I also have the full interviews that Mark Fogarty did with Brad Schumacher, who's building up towards a tilt at the Bathurst 12 hour, plus the full chat with Mike Henry the great man who was the mastermind behind the, that outrageous Arrows three-seater that is coming down under for the Adelaide Motorsport Festival in March. Of course, those interviews you heard little snippets from in Parked Up Plus, which came back with a vengeance on Monday, 5pm, of course, with Mark Fogarty. And uh, you'll get to hear the full interviews very, very shortly. But first, to start this huge show, I've got some huge news around the man who he is on the other end of this phone his name is Nathan Hearn uh, and he is making headlines mate what a huge day for you confirming that you're packing your bags and heading stateside to compete in the American Trans Am series yeah I, I don't know I don't know if it's been a big couple of days it's been a big couple of months so I mean we've, we've been working at it um since basically before Adelaide um and that's 5,000 I can't remember when that was it felt felt like it was Two years ago, but yeah, we've, we've been working out for a long time, and and trying to sort out all the all the logistics to move over to America has has been a, a big task, and also trying to work out you know how we're going to. I mean, well, I've been pretty involved with the, the sponsor hunting as well for, for to make this all happen, and um and yeah, we finally got it all across the line, and and all the dotted lines are signed, and we're, we're ready to go over to America and, and give it a red hot crack. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a been a huge huge couple of months, and and. To finally have it all announced and be able to go public with it and, and tell everyone, you know, what I'm sort of doing for the for the year ahead is, uh, yeah, it's 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 good. I mean, it's it's a big weight off the shoulders and uh, and yeah, you know, I've I've had a lot of people who have offered to to give me a hand now and, and you know if I need anything, you know, just get in contact with them and, and it's it's pretty crazy the amount of people that you you know, um, but you know that you didn't know they've been to America or, or done big things over in the states. So it's uh, yeah, look, it's been pretty cool and and. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of good people that have, have helped me through the whole process and, and really made it all tick over. Awesome, mate, and we can't wait to see how you go over there. Of course, you've raced in the States in that one-off race that you did last November. You're headed to the U.S. straight after winning on the Gold Coast in S5000, but your trip wasn't super straightforward because of one little hiccup. 
So you just said there that you've uh, you've had a lot of people give you advice. Let me give you one piece of advice, if you don't mind. Do not head to that airport without your passport. Of course, that was something you did between winning on the Gold Coast and heading to the Circuit of the Americas, but I reckon that passport is going to be sticky taped to your hip. Yeah, no, mum's already been up me to pack it, so I'm, I'm living back at home for a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, I've, I've left mum in charge to pack my bags for me, so I've, I've gone back in time, and and yeah, yeah, I, I won't be forget the passport. I won't, I won't be flying anyone to America, I can tell you that much. Haha, <laughs> cool, uh, cool, mate. Uh, those are the mistakes you only make once in a lifetime. So, uh, okay, cool, forget that. You've got a big adventure coming up, and I can only imagine it starts pretty soon. First round is at the end of February. It's at Sebring. Very, very exciting. What's your itinerary from here? Uh, I'm actually heading over there next Tuesday, so it's it's Thursday now. Um, I've, got, I've got a late model race on dirt in the Lismore Speedway this Saturday night, uh, which is my last race in Australia. Pretty funny, the you know, the fact my first race is in Lismore, and, and now my last race in the country is in Lismore. It's pretty cool to have that happen, uh, pretty coincidentally as well. Um, but yeah, so I'm heading off next Tuesday, then I'm going to get over there. Um, you know, I'm going to be working um, full-time on the car with um, with Stevens Villa Racing and and working with Howe Racing on, on the car, um, well, sorry, on, on the production line, um, assembling cars as well. So yeah, basically the team said to me, you know, we want you to drive, um, so just go over there, drive if you want a holiday holiday do whatever you want uh but if you want to work we've, we've got this place for you and you know the the last two years i've done with gary rogers motorsport um more or less the last 18 months i've done where um i've worked in the cars hands-on i think I've, I've come a long way in the last 18 months in terms of my driving and um i want to build on that you know i want to get to a point where i can i can build a race car engineer it mechanic it and, and drive it and, and you know and be competitive i don't, I don't think i ever get that opportunity to to do that, um, although it's, it's something I just want to do, you know, it's it's a goal I've set, so I want I want to be able to tick all the boxes in in every aspect of motorsport. Oh, mate, you're going to put a lot of people out of work if you're uh, able to do all of those jobs. I'd be worried if I was the team's caterer at that rate. Okay, look, so you're heading over to the states. You're racing with Stevens Miller, who you did that one off with at the Circuit of the Americas. You finished an awesome fourth but you're going to be based in two different parts of America, Michigan and Indianapolis. You truly are getting a worldly adventure. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, America, I've always wanted to travel to. Um, yeah, and, and my dad, my dad actually wanted to race in the States uh, when he was younger and he had the opportunity to do it once, although he was already married to my mum and he never, never took the opportunity. So my dad, my, my Mum and dad are flying over there to, to go holiday. Uh, I'll be going over there and, and, and racing, but I also want to work as well. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, it'll, it'll be good because I get to, to do something I've always wanted to do, which is was live the American lifestyle for a year. I don't know if I want to eat the American food for a year, but I'll, I'll give that a crack and, and see. But, um, yeah, and, and living between, you know, I, I mean, how how racing, I'm working with them on the assembly line when, when I have the chance to. So, I mean, Howe has, has really done a lot for me um, in terms of this move. He's offered me to, to live with the family. Um, I hope I'm not speaking out of school and saying that. But, yeah, so I'll be living with them. And, and, and Joe as well is helping me a lot um, in, in finding me a place to stay. And, and yeah, you know, I've, I've had some really good people um, already jump on board to, to help me out in America. And, and, you know, I've known these guys for flat out one week. 
um, in person. You know, I've, I've obviously kept in contact with them over email and over the phone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the same as when you talk to someone in person. So for these guys to be, you know, letting me live with them, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool for, for the year. And, and yeah, I mean, we'll just see where the championship wraps up and, and see where that goes and, uh, and see if he can move along the American motorsport pathway. Okay, so uh, cool, mate. There's a couple of key questions to come from that. The first one, though, is dear to the hearts and minds of Parked Up, which is food. And we love talking about food here. And I know that you found the eating regimes of the Americans very difficult because I helped you put together your daily blogs while you were over there racing in the States last year. And, and hey, look, your blogs were actually really, really well written. Whoever, if it was your mum or your dad or your school teachers, whoever helped you uh, craft your words, you're, uh, you're very, very, very good. A, a career as a journalist is a possibility if this uh, race car driver thing doesn't work out for you. But look, 60% of those blogs that you were writing were about your distaste for the American food options you had. Uh it's, it sounds crazy because now all I'm just thinking about eating a big big slice of New Yorker pizza. But, mate, I'm sure you'll, you're probably the first to agree that that American way of life, whether it's food or, or whatever it is, is just very, very different. Yeah, look, food is, is not something I'm, I'm keen to go over for. Um, even, you know, I never saw one of their grocery stores. I don't know what their grocery stores are called when I was over there, but I went to Walmart to go buy some um, buy some groceries because I, I sort of gave up on trying to cook for myself when I was over there for the one week. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to find food out in public and thought I'd go cook for myself for the week I was there. And walking through Walmart, because you know, that's the only grocery store I knew, knew nearby. Um, yeah, that, that was a that was a that was a sight to see. I guess. Um, yeah, the, f- the food is is yeah something to be to left for. But you know, I went to Texas and and. You know, Texas is the beef capital, I guess, of, of America. Um, and Gar Robinson actually took me to his house for a barbecue and, and cooked one of the best steaks I've ever had. It was probably about a, you know, I think it was a whole rear end of a cow, but it was the best thing I've ever tasted. And, and yeah, I felt like I gained about a kilo for that, but it made up for the lack of food I was eating for the rest of the trip because every time I, we seemed to go to a, a, a re- restaurant, it just seemed to be coming out with deep fried and, and covered in and pepper. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I can find a, a mother over there who can cook me some home cooked meals. But yeah, we'll <laughs> just say. Oh, mate, I reckon you'll you'll find your way. You'll find your way. You're a uh, you're a fit fit lad who likes to look after himself. So uh, I reckon you'll be able to do it. Um, okay, so the American dream is one thing. There's so many different paths you can take your racing career, and I know you'll have all focus on doing as best as you possibly can in the American Trans Am series in the TA2 class. But I know you also probably like to think about what comes up in the future as well. There's uh, a world of possibilities over there and, you know, there's every chance that that this race in Lismore that you do this weekend uh, around the local speedway may not necessarily be your very last, but you know, you could, you know, there's a good, real, real opportunity for you to, to stay in the States for a long, long time. What would you, where, where do you see it going? Is, is NASCAR, do you, do you aim super high and, and go NASCAR or, uh, would you like to 
stick in the in that Trans Am kind of field. This there's, uh, there's just so many opportunities. Where's your head to, head at? Yeah, well, look, I've got um, a few things in a pipeline for for when I head over there um, outside of you know Trans Am, um, and a few things I do want to try and do. Twenty twenty told me one thing, and if I say say something before it happens, it generally doesn't happen. So uh, <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. Yeah, look for, for the future. I mean, if I if I really want to shoot for a, for a goal, it'll be to NASCAR. But for the the time I spent over there, which is very very limited, you know, I was I was there for a week. In the time I, I was there, you know, I met some very very wealthy people who were very generous and, and gave you the time of day to talk to you. Um, you know, and, and for me, if I if I really wanted to shoot for a goal, it'd be to go to NASCAR. I talked to a lot of guys about it, and you know, there's some guys who saw me drive they want to help me out obviously there's going to be a cost involved um although it's it's a bit different you know like nascar is, is you know the same as supercars you know you have to go through the, the nascar development pathway uh, which is fair enough it's a way to do it although in america which is different to australia americans you know you have a lot of sponsors you, you have a lot of opportunities for sponsorship and, and people really get behind talent and really want to see you uh, succeed um and, and they don't want to they would rather see their logo on a car win races than you know them go out and race themselves and, and muck around a P30. So, um, look, I mean, it was it's it's definitely an eye opener to go to the states. And, and for me, I, I'd try to go to NASCAR. I think I'll set that as a goal or as a dream, I guess. But yeah, I've just got to basically chip away at it and see. I've I've got a few ways I can. I'm thinking of of trying to crack open a door and, and see if anything budges, but. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I just want to get over there and, and get a few runs on the board first uh, because really you want to go in there, be the silent assassin and sort of be in a bit of a smoke show and then, um, yeah, get, get everyone sort of questioned where you are and, 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 yeah, see if you can move out the pathway that way. But, you know, in the in the week I was there, I've made a lot of contacts and met a lot of great people. So I'm pretty, pretty confident in the fact, you know, something might come of this and, and yeah, you know, Australia is my home and, and all my family's in Australia, although, you know, I've, I, I hope I don't come back for motorsport reasons and, and hopefully, you know, I can make a, a, a living over there and, and, and really you know, set myself up for, for a life really from racing. Awesome, mate. Well, we, uh, we can't wait to see how it all unfolds. You're super, are you still, you're still 20, aren't you? 20 or 21? Uh, 20. My Lord, you've got, uh, got a long time. And, you know, I guess the, uh, the great thing is that, you did these uh, really cool things in Trans Am and S5000 as well. You've got uh, a great base at home here in Australia to lean back on if things don't work out. Now, uh, I know that it's been very well documented and we don't need to pretend, you know, probably go over uh, some of the some of the things that had happened, particularly around Bathurst 2020, where you, you weren't able to get the license to compete in the Bathurst 1000 but it must be reassuring that you do know that uh, Australia is home and you love Australia and that you know if it doesn't work out you can come back and and there are still great opportunities here as well you're uh, right at this point of your life you can feel like your bets are hedged yeah uh, I mean it's it's very different you know I mean, three months ago, I was, I was stressed. I, I thought to myself, you know, 
I remember being on the phone to dad. I, I talked to me to my dad every day. Um, and when I was living in Melbourne, he lived obviously in Lismore, so I was on the phone to him. And, and yeah, I've been just having a chat, saying, you know, I'm stuffed. Yeah, you know, I really, really was stuffed. Um, no one was giving me a shot in Australia. Um, I'd done everything I could in in really Trans Am and S5000, and and the only way I had to go was backwards, really. Um, you know, I won as nearly every race if, if there wasn't a problem in Trans Am and, and there's 5,000 Tasman series. You know, I won every race apart from having a problem. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I basically for me, I, I sort of peaked in a way in, in, in what I've done in Australia and, and the only way I could go was backwards. There's um, there's other things I want to I want to get done in life and, and, yeah, you know, now looking at it, I've got, you know, Sebring 24-hour races and, and stuff like that. I want to aim for Daytona 24 hours I'd like to do. Um, so basically my goals are just shift. I'm not no longer focused on trying to make it to supercars or the Bass 1000. My goal now is, is to make a living out of motorsport and, and make it big. And, and yeah, it is, it's sad, you know, to think about, you know, the fact that, um, well, they want to go to America fresh late and, and just start fresh in my career really and, and, and trying to achieve things I never thought possible. Cool, mate. Well, uh, that is uh, something really, really exciting, uh, something that we're really looking forward to following from back here in Australia, particularly the first year. Hopefully in the next five or ten years as well, we can uh, talk about how we, uh, we remember you watch, watching you uh, compete here in Australia and uh, and uh, you've gone on to do bigger and better things. Uh, just, just finally, it's also a really cool thing, for up-and-coming Trans Am drivers here in Australia that they can see what you've done and see how you could, uh, you know, potentially make an international career out of a domestic series. Yeah, I mean, really with Trans Am, a lot of people, um, the only real uh, thing they've really had to say about Trans Am is the fact, you know, we haven't got the biggest names in Australia racing it. But, you know, that, that, that series is, is bloody competitive and it has got some of the best drivers in the country. Um, it's a series where you don't need a huge budget to go racing. And when you don't need a huge budget to go racing, you can put sponsors together to help you go racing. You know, if you, if you had four mates, um, say you're in your, your thirties or something like that, and you all had, you know, small businesses, you could, you could run a TO2 car for, for a, a weekend. Um, so you sort of had all the, the best of the, of the drivers who never had the budget to move on. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, I, I learned a lot in my time in, in Trans Am and, and really, what I what I've done so far, I have no regrets um, in doing S five thousand and Trans Am. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm a very I don't know how to say it without standing up myself, but I feel like I'm a very complete driver. Um, now, from the two years, obviously I've got a lot to learn, and, and there's a lot more for me to learn um, when I head over to the states. But you know, to get over to the states, um, you know, it, it was it was a very I don't know, it was, it was surreal because you know you've I feel like with Trans Am, it's, it's sort of been looked at as a support category for so long. Um, and as you go to America and, and, you know, the Americans, you know, sort of lost their mind at, at everything I was doing. It was, yeah, it was, it was cool. And it, it sort of made me take, took it, I took a step back and, and thought about Trans Am and S5000 and everything I've done in, in Australia. Um, and I, I feel like I didn't take it, I took it for granted a little bit. You know, I, I, I didn't really respect how competitive and, and how much I was pushed throughout the, the two years. Um, cause when I went to America, you know, they're, they're some of the world's best drivers who race in IMSA all the time. And, you know, we have Rafa Matos who used to race an Indy car for, for a couple of years. So yeah, I mean, there's some, some really complete drivers over there and, and I went over there and, and went well. And, um, 
I don't see why there can't be another, you know, Nathan Hearn come through the ranks and, and go through Trans Am and, and head off to America. You know, I think we've got a it's a good little pathway. Um, I guess it's starting to form. You know, the the cars are very different. Um, although you know you cut your teeth in Australia, you build up a name in Australia and, and you get some wins in Australia, then you head off to America and, and you can almost make a, a whole pathway there. So yeah. Look, it just it just sort of opens the pathway for, for Trans Am because really you race Trans Am for a couple of years, you can do what Lockie Dalton's done, go to Super 2, and then you can try and race the supercars in a couple of years' time. Um, where Or you can do what I've done and, and head off to the States. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's opened a few doors and, and fingers crossed it all goes well and, and can open a door for someone else to come through the same, same platform I did. Mate, awesome. We can't wait to see how it, uh, it all unfolds. The uh, American dream is yours to take. So we wish you all the very best and we'll be keeping a close eye on exactly how you're going and uh, all the uh, great results that you're going to have and all the great uh, food tales that you're going to have along the journey as well. Yeah, I, might, I might have to make a blog just for you, Grant, just to keep you updated <laughs> on my food. And <laughs> very good. Very good. Let's talk. Nathan Hearn, all the very best, mate. Thanks for being on Parked Up. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Yeah, cool. Great to have Nathan Hearn on the Parked Up podcast. We do really wish him all the best, and I'm sure you'll only have to listen to this podcast to keep up to date with how he's going to go. 12 races over there next year as well. He's going to have a lot to to do. He's got as many motor races as uh, any of the leading supercars drivers, so... Uh, really cool to see Nathan go over and do that. I'm sure he'll find himself doing even more racing as well. We absolutely wish him all the best. Okay, cool. Hey, a couple of extra chats for you, of course. Mark Fogarty, Parked Up Plus, 5 p.m. every Monday. Breaking news stories. The old dog still has a lot of bite. And one of the guys that he grabbed was Brad Schumacher, one of the best guys in the paddock, a an absolute motorsport tragic. And now not only does he uh, live at Mount Panorama, he races at Mount Panorama and he does damn well at racing, uh, racing cars as well. This guy didn't start racing until much later in his life and he's uh, making a real good fist at it. So... Uh, Brad Schumacher, one of the uh, friends of Parked Up, he is going to, here is the full interview with him and Mark Fogarty. Of course, you're listening to Parked Up. Brad Schumacher, welcome to Parked Up. Folks, pleasure to be here on Parked Up. It's a uh, regular listener of mine and uh, yes, so thrilled to be here. Uh, We always love fans and happy listeners so mate some exciting news you're teaming up with supercars team premier racing uh well at least at the bathurst 12 hour it's uh well it's looking like a bit of an all-star effort yeah it's um really great for us and um premier higher racing to join together for the bathurst 12 hour it's uh it's something that we've seen um, as a opportunity that works for for both of us, and naturally in any anything like this, uh, it's a two way street. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, really humbling to to have such a um, uh, renowned V8 Supercars team uh, look to join with with us as a GT team and tackle this race. So, how's it going to work? 
who's going to run or who's going to do what in this partnership? So I guess um, where this really comes from and, and I guess initially stems from is is the relationship uh, that, that Peter Shibris and I have had in the past. Um, initially, uh, we, we met through a uh, good mutual friend, Chad Parrish, and uh, then sort of bumped uh, into each other a few times back in the old techno days when Premier came in to assist uh, back then when Jonathan Webb owned that. And of course, then he bought out the team. But also, uh, Peter and I, without our companies, uh, Premier Hire and, and Kelso Electrical, have uh, have worked together in events before. And so, not only on a professional level, we've we've, we've known each other, but then, uh, of course, we have the same interests in motorsports. So, um, our relationship just continued on from there. And uh, as the team has evolved for him in V8 Supercars, he, he sees that uh, it's a good option for them to now branch into the GT3 world and, and in particular the Bathurst 12-hour that arguably is is uh, one of the largest GT3 races in the world now. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we got to talking and, um, of course, we, we, you know, both have a lot of respect for each other and, and uh, we both have the same passion and drive to succeed in anything that we do, whether it is business or it's the uh, the sport that we choose to, to compete in. And so... Um, effectively, it worked for Peter that uh, he could join with us and, um, you know, utilise, of course, our car, our experience in GT, our, our, our infrastructure and our, our staff members. And uh, on the other hand, of course, it works for us to uh, have Peter supply, uh, you know, high-grade pro drivers to, to join us, uh, whether it be there or at test days or, or whatnot you have. And also people of the likes of, you know, Matt Cook as a team manager and then bringing really, really good guys like uh, Jeff Slater to the team. I mean, you know, Jeff's Jeff's uh, been uh, uh, won a Bathurst 12-hour in the past, also a Bathurst 1000, and I believe he's actually won a 24 hours of Daytona. So you really, you know, I can't say no to a guy like that being in our garage. Speaking of the driver lineup, well, that's at the moment shrouded in mystery. When are we going to hear who's going to be driving? Well, with you, I imagine this is a pro-am entry after all. Uh, yeah, look, the the, uh, the entry is a pro-am entry, um, and look, there is there is no set driver lineup just yet. It is something that we are still uh, negotiating. We're we're looking at our best options. Uh, we're not here to make up the numbers. We're here to genuinely uh, do our best at this race and. Uh, I mean, like anybody, you shouldn't go into these type of events unless you're going there to win. So um, that's what I really like about Pete in particular is uh, he's he's really driven to to like he wants success in no matter what it is that he's doing. He finds that it's uh, in my eyes a, a waste of time unless everything's being done to its highest potential. And so uh, at this time, we we're just uh, yeah discussing what our best options are for drivers, and um, we'll look to announce something with that in the near future. And just to clarify, this new partnership with Premier Higher Racing, it, it's ongoing, it's long-term, is it? Uh, it's one of those partnerships where, of course, uh, you know, we, we haven't worked together prior to this. And, uh, look, we will go to do some testing before the Bathurst 12-hour. But, uh, of course, like any relationship, we need to ensure that once we get there that we're all working together and uh, that, that everything's working um in harmony, let's say. So 
Um, yeah, of course, the opportunity for us to continue to work into the future is 100% something that uh, we have spoken about, but it's one step at a time. And for now, our focus is the Bathurst 12 hour. This is uh, a big effort for, well, to put it plainly, a local Sparky. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose so. Um, probably in particular too. I mean, for, for me, I only started racing uh, six years ago now. So it's progressed pretty rapidly if you think of it like that. Uh, I just got to the point in my professional career where I was earning a few extra bucks and uh, I've always been an absolute motorsport lover and, of course, born and bred in Bathurst. So and I really, really do enjoy uh, everything about it here in Bathurst and in particular with Mount Panorama. So I wanted to go from a spectator to the guy that people are watching and doing it. And so I got into go-karting and uh, realised quite quickly that, you know, it wasn't really tickling my fancy in you know, the go-kart scene. And so I moved on to, uh, yeah, buying my first race car, which was a Lotus Exige and started on doing hill climbs here actually at, at Mount Panorama. And there was success there on a regular occasion. And so I made the decision to go into doing um, circuit racing where I went into production sports racing for New South Wales and um, it progressed from production sports racing into Porsches and then from Porsches into Audis and then, of course, all the way up to the GT World Challenge Australia now. And I think this will now be my fourth time on the grid in the Bathurst 12 hours. So, um, yeah, for me, it's definitely a, a big leap to be teaming up with, with uh, yeah, about Supercars team. It's something I'm really excited about. It's, um, of course, anybody's dream to, to be in this position. And in particular, I guess, as you said, just for a small-time electrician from Bathurst, uh, it's one of the things that I love about doing this so much is that I get so much local support here in Bathurst. There's not really anybody else doing um, what I'm doing in the GT route. I didn't choose to go down um, the V8 Supercars um, route, so to speak. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm owning the GT thing and, and uh, yeah, doing it to the best of my ability. Well, you couldn't be a more local hero, born and bred in Bathurst, successful businessman with your Kelso electrical business. And, and to top it all off, you actually live at Mount Panorama on Mountain Strait. Yeah, so... Um... Uh, not direct track frontage, but it's the Mountain Straight side. Um, effectively, yeah, if you go through Turn 1 and instead of turning up Mountain Straight, just continue on straight there, you'll you'll eventually get to my place. But, um, yeah, 11 acres up here, it's really nice and uh, has a really nice view out over Mount Panorama and, and right down, well, effectively, our, our, our living room looks straight down Pitt Strait, which is really nice, and out over Bathurst and... It's nice just to have the room up here. I really always wanted my children to grow up and have room to move and experience, uh, you know, those things you can experience rather than being uh, locked into a small backyard, for example. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's for me no better place to live than, than Bathurst and in particular up here on Mount Panorama. It's, uh, yeah, where I like to be. Well, at events like the Bathurst 12 Hour and, of course, the Bathurst 1000, I'd imagine that suddenly you've got mates and relatives that you probably never heard of trying to descend on you. Yeah, uh, look, sometimes, but um, a lot of the time, of course, I'm, I'm racing at any meet I can that's held at Bathurst. Naturally, there's only five races a year here, so uh, any time I can jump in a car there, and it's not always just a GT car for me. Of course, we have uh, 
the six hour car as well. And so um, I'm trying to yeah jump in anything I can anytime there's a race up here. And I always take my racing extremely serious. I'm not uh, there, as I said earlier, just to make up the numbers regardless to what I'm doing. And uh, so I really don't like heaps of people staying at my house, to be honest. Um, I, I yeah like to be able to have my own space, make sure I get a good sleep. And um, yeah, also get back and enjoy my time with, with my wife and my two young daughters each day because they're uh, so grateful. I'm so grateful to them that they they let me do this too. So motorsport sometimes can be a little selfish um, when you're travelling away a lot and things like that. So anytime I can be at home and do it here, I, I like to spend my time with them as much as possible. Well, you clearly love the Mount Panorama circuit, but I think I'm right. You, you've had a couple of big shunts on the, on the mountain, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had, um, I've had two shunts on the mountain. Um, one was many years ago. I bought the old, uh, if people would remember the Donut King Lotus Exige. It, uh, was in the hands of Tony Alford back then. And it actually won, um, in class C, I think two years running at the Bathurst 12 hour. And, uh, I wanted just to, to sort of step up into, um, a car that I could, um, I guess, get a little bit more of a feel for GT, but not take on the full cost of, you know, a full-blown GT3. And that for that reason, that GT4 was the reason I bought it. And, uh, yeah, we we went for a test day at Wakefield Park back then. And then it was in anticipation to do the Bathurst Challenge. And we had a really good run in that car there. And um, so good, in fact, I think I, I broke the lap record for a GT4 car, which is unofficial because it wasn't in a race, but a 2.14 um is what i got out of that car and then yeah on the last session of the second day of the challenge bathurst we had a brake failure in the rear left the um brake rotor exploded and it sent me at 240 kilometers head first into the fence it was to be honest a monumental crash and i was extremely lucky to walk away from it um a lot of people probably would have stopped motorsport from then if you've seen the wreck of that car and I mean, I just enjoy it so much that I, I simply couldn't. And again, really thankful that my wife allowed me to go ahead and just buy another car and continue on. Um, and then, yeah, we had another incident in our first Audi, the R8 LMS Ultra at GT World Challenge Australia, where a tyre blew out on Conrod Strait at 250 kilometres an hour and sent it into a spin, um, collected the wall a couple of times, but... Fortunately, uh, again, got away with with that one. And uh, our, our guys at Schumacher Motorsport uh, were amazing to just fix that car overnight. Uh, that was in practice the day before and uh, get it out there for qualifying the following morning where I was able to put it into uh, pole position in the trophy class. So, uh, yeah, it's, there's been a couple of incidents at the Mount, but um, it, I don't think about them. If you're thinking about those types of things when you're, stepping in the car and, and heading out onto Mount Panorama, you, you're not going to be fast. It's simple as that. Okay. Beyond the Bathurst 12-hour coming up, what are your goals for this year? Um, well, my goals for this year at this stage would be to, yeah, continue again in my uh, third running season of the GT World Challenge Australia. I, I, I really like it there. Again, as I said earlier, I, I didn't choose to go, you know, down the route of, of a V8 supercar, Super 3, Super 2 sort of thing. I, I've just chosen to go through the, the GT route. I mean, I was the kind of kid that had the Lamborghini Countach or the Ferrari on the wall in my bedroom and, and naturally have always liked those European exotic 
style cars. And so, um, yeah, of course, the GT World Challenge Australia is the top level of racing for GTs here. So we uh, had um, a good year in my first year there where we won the championship in the trophy class and then uh, unfortunately um, just missed out on winning the championship last year again in trophy class um, after Sergio um, had a bit of an incident down at, um, at Adelaide in the final round. So finished up second last year. But this year I'd like to yeah move into uh, a Pro-Am uh, entry, uh, so outright entry. Now I think it's the next stepping stone for me as a driver in that category. And, of course, uh, yeah, if everything goes well uh, at the Bathurst 12-hour and uh, we, as I said earlier, we find that um, we enjoy working together with Premier and, and vice versa, then, of course, we'd, we'd look to do that series with, with Premier Hire Racing and, um, of course, one of their drivers. Well, both you and Pete Gibberus, Obviously, no lack of ambition um, in your chosen race disciplines. All right. I can't let you go without asking, well, probably the most obvious question, but I'm sure it's one a lot of listeners would like to know. Your surname, very famous. Are you even a distant relation to Michael Schumacher, that Schumacher family? <laughs> I do get asked this a lot. And uh, even when you go to race circuits and people see a um, a GT car with Schumacher on the side of it, they're always interested to know who the Schumacher is. Uh, the truth be told, I, I honestly don't know if we're related. Um, there's not a lot of Schumachers around, um, in particular in Australia, but even in Germany. I've been fortunate enough to, to travel to Germany. And uh, even when I, I go to Germany and you go to, um, well, you put your booking into your hotels you're staying at, when you get there, the uh, reception is always really excited to to see you when you arrive. It's almost like the name's royalty in a way. They they immediately think that you may be part of the the Schumacher racing family. And uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's something that I could probably play on a lot um, and, you know, bullshit about but I'm simply not going to do that. I, I don't know if I'm related. Um, you know, none of my family have done a family tree to, to check it out or, you know, see if we are. All I know is, is that, yeah, I stick to racetracks and I, I steer clear of ski slopes. So we'll leave it at that. I guess long-term, the dream team could be you and uh, and Mick Schumacher in the Bathurst 12 hour. Well, you never know your, uh, you know, your, well, you never know your luck in a small world and, you um, I mean, look, you've got Valentino Rossi turning up here to this event this year, which in my opinion is absolutely amazing. I think you don't have to be that smart to join the dots with the Red Bull for uh, Red Bull Formula One car that's turning up to work out who's probably driving that on the uh, demonstration laps. So the Bathurst 12 hour really is getting back to a fantastic event. And in my opinion, one day will probably trump other events in this country. It was really gaining a lot of momentum right before COVID began, and there were so, there were so many great drivers and teams that were coming over here to enter Bathurst twelve hour race. Uh, I think the cost of travelling and, and and shipping and freight and all those types of things have potentially warned off a few of those larger teams. Maybe we'll see when the entry list comes out, but there is no doubt that Bathurst twelve hour event is gaining major momentum again and. Will be big crowds there to see this this event uh, in February this year. Indeed, it is looking like it's going to be a huge event. Well, Brad Schumacher, well done so far. 
looking very promising and uh, we'll be looking forward to the Bathurst 12 hour almost as much as you will. Thanks for your time. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bradley Schumacher. Thank you, Mark Fogarty. An excellent chat there with one of the nice guys of Australian motorsport. Hey, another chat that folks did was with Mike Henry. For many of our Australian fans, they might know Mike through his days in the early 2000s with the Holden Racing Team, Kmart Racing, the Walkinshaw uh, group that he spent a lot of time with. Uh, these days, he, he runs his own uh, little side side business, effectively. He's basically a freelancer. We see him a lot at the racetracks, uh, thanks to our very good friends at Sonic Motor Racing Services. But Mike Henry was key in the development and creation of that outrageous three-seater Arrows Formula One car back in the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s. The thing was absolutely wild. It's coming to Australia for the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Folks needed to find out some information about this thing. So who better than to talk to the man who actually helped put it together? Here is Mark Fogarty and Mike Henry on Parked Up. Mike Henry, welcome to Parked Up. The Arrows AX3 three-seater, a pretty unusual car back in the day. It's uh, coming back. Well, it's coming to Australia to run at the Adelaide Motorsport Festival, and you were vitally involved in running that car, well, back, what, 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> Frightening how enough. closely related was it to the Arrows Formula One car, and, and how special was the three-seater? Yeah, well, I'm obviously a bit biased. Um, it was a, a full Formula One car, so it was the A20, the 1999 race car, that we basically turned into a stretch limo. So um, from in terms of its running uh, in its original format, it was a full race car. So it had standard engine, um, standard electronics, gearboxes, diff control, all the rest of the stuff that you would have or that we had on the A20. Uh, and all we did was chop it in half behind the, uh, the roll hoop and extend it by 500 mil and turned it into a limo. And, of course, it was unique in that, there were other two-seater Formula One cars at the time, but this one, you know, had two sort of, you know, sidecar-style pods on each side. Looks pretty tight fit in there, but in any event, it must have been a pretty eye-opening ride for the passengers once you'd stuffed them in there. Oh, indeed, yeah. So up until that point, there'd been a couple of two-seater cars made where the passengers sat behind the driver. And obviously, uh, I think McLaren did one originally that had a large carbon sort of roll hoop between the drivers and the passengers' heads so that the passenger couldn't really see a lot. So um, the idea at Arrows was that we wanted something that people could actually see where they were going. So uh, to put two passengers in, it sort of seemed to make more sense to us. It was um, it kept the balance you know, even um, but allowed the passengers to actually see. So, yes, as you can imagine, it was a very tight fit. So the passengers had to have their legs on top of each other. They couldn't have their legs side by side. And uh, they got shoehorned in there by the mechanics and strapped in. And once you were in, you, you weren't coming out quickly, that's for sure. <laughs> and at the Adelaide Motorsport Festival, apparently some lucky punters are going to win rides in the Arrows three-seater. And I, I don't know if they'll have to go through the, this process um, to do those rides. But back in your day, when you were running the three-seater, the passengers had to undergo, what, a, an ECG test, didn't they? 
Yeah, they did. It was something uh, insurance, as you can imagine, was um, well, most of the insurance companies just laughed at us when we actually asked them about it initially. Um, and so when we finally did get something in place to be able to run the car, uh, the passengers had to go and have an ECG about a week before the event um, and then bring that documentation. And then the day before, I think it was the day before, they had to have another one or possibly even at the track on the day we had to do another one. Um, I can't remember exactly, but, uh, yeah, it was a, a very serious thing at the time that um, the insurance companies involved were, were all very scared of us doing it. So, um, yeah, we, we took every every precaution we possibly could to make sure it was as safe as, and, and yeah, as I said, including um, a full medical, including an ECG. And I also understand that it used to run with a, well, what do they call it, a dead man switch. <laughs> yes, the passengers yeah, who got a story. bit overwhelmed there. Was yeah. that ever used? It was. Uh, we had a um, uh, two switches in series. So there was a light we put on the dash for the driver and the passengers had to hold a dead man's grip in the back. And if they let it go, so if they, they went unconscious or anything like that or they, they decided that they wanted to get out, they all they had to do was take their thumb off the button. Um, and then the light would come on on the dash and tell the driver to go to, back to the pits. Uh, but we did have one. We were running at Silverstone one day, and we'd, we'd run all day. We had 15 runs to do. Uh, in the days, uh, we used to do four time laps, so it was six circulations of the full uh, the full circuit. And the last run of the day were, were two girls, and um, they were all very excited when they got in the car. So the, the boys had put them in, and one of the boys said to me from the run before that um, – uh, that he'd felt some heat and we, we'd seen where uh, the passengers were getting in rubbing on the wire and it rubbed through the wire. So very, not very sensibly, but we took the view that probably we'll get through. So we didn't have the dead man switch for that particular run. And uh, one of the poor girls, as she drove out of pit lane, decided she didn't want to be in the car and um, let the switch go, but uh, wasn't working, obviously. So she got her full run and uh, more value for money than you can imagine. So when she got out, she was a bit crook. And, um, uh, yeah, she was uh, she threw up in the garage. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if you're not used to it, it can be pretty unsettling. <laughs> and even I gather that your Formula One drivers for that year, 2001, Jos Verstappen and Enrique Benaldi, they went um, for a, a ride at, was it, at Zandvoort? And, um, Correct. That got their attention, apparently. Apparently, yeah, absolutely. So we uh, we used to do a test day with Arrows at, at uh, Zandvoort each year when Yoss was with the team. He was obviously a very popular driver in the Formula One paddock, just like his kid is these days. And um, so they used to run uh, a test day on the Saturday in between a, I think it was a German touring car, a DTM round. And uh, so we would go on the Saturday and run our car as a, an official test. And uh, on the, in 2001, we chose to take the AX3 as well. Uh, Orange was our sponsor and they were a Dutch company. So um, it was all a, a big day out for that. And um, in the morning, it was uh, before we were able to run the car, there had been some rain overnight, so the track was still drying. So we put Enrique and Jos in the back with uh, our, our AX3 uh, permanent driver, um, a guy called Stephen Watson from South Africa. He drove it. And he went around and did a couple of laps with them in the back. And, and when they got out, they were... They gave him an absolute spray for trying to prove himself as a bit of a hero and um, and saying, you know, you're, you're driving recklessly and, you know, you're trying to prove to us how good you are. So uh, I got the data out of the car and I showed them and it was probably at about 70% um, 
and so there was we had a good laugh at it at the time. But uh, ultimately, for those drivers, you know, that they, they was obviously used to racing Formula One every weekend. But as a passenger in the back, they were, um, or the, both of them said to me afterwards, we were pumping the brake pedal the whole way around. We thought he was driving like a nut bag. And um, the reality of it was that as passengers that and with no control, they they were petrified. <laughs> well, it indeed sounds like some of those lucky punters who get a run at the Adelaide Motor, Motorsport Festival. They won't forget it. And, um, well, I guess this project you were vitally involved in, probably close to your heart, you'll obviously be an interested observer, if only from afar, when the car actually runs over here. Yeah, absolutely. After Arrows went under in, uh, I think, the end of 2002, um, the cars were uh, bought uh, by uh, Minardi. Uh, sorry, not Minardi, um, Ascari. Uh, and they... Um, they ran them for a little while. So Ascari had a resort in Spain, a motorsport resort that they'd built in Spain. So uh, we went down there and ran the car a few times with them. Um, and that was the last time I, I ran the car. So it was, yeah, 2002. So I haven't seen it since. Um, and, yeah, I can't wait to see it go. It was, it was a wonderful project. As racing goes, you know, from as your listeners will get it, you know, there's always pressure in racing and, and we all love going car racing, but it's all about, you know, high-end competition and making sure you're win and all the rest of the things that go with it where we with the ax3 we had a car that you it was just for fun and and to put people in it um we never had a complaint you know it was one of those things everybody that went in it just absolutely loved it so yeah i can't wait to see it going again it'll be great and of course the banshee whale of a screaming v10 which it still yeah. has um we'll love to hear that 100 percent. they are they were and they still are the best sounding Formula One engine we've ever had. They, you know, a day at Silverstone, a test day at Silverstone when there was, you know, it was fundamentally quiet, but all of a sudden the cars, you could hear them the whole way around, obviously. But as they'd come around to the pits and go past the pits, the noise is just fantastic. The V10 was by far the best sounding race engine I've ever heard. I think it was, um, yeah, it was just a great sound. Okay. Mike Henry, thank you for your insights into the, Unique Arrows AX3 three-seater Formula One car. Thanks, mate. Pleasure, Pleasure, folks. Thanks. Well, there you go. An interesting story about a very odd race car. Well, not really a race car, a ride car, but a wild one at that three-seater Formula One car. Certainly an innovative piece of machinery. Okay, and you'll be able to see that at the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. That'll be really kind of cool. We'll see. I definitely don't think I'm going to jump in that thing. Uh, okay, that's it. That is parked up. The first parked up for 2023. We've got more parked up plus coming, of course, with Mark Fogarty every Monday. Girls on the grid, they're going strong. They're coming back. They're really, they're, they're motivated. Uh, there's a couple of new episodes that you can jump on and listen to them. And, of course, the Napa Know-How Motorsport Academy, they have just recorded their latest pod and that one with Simon Evans rally legend uh, will be out real soon too so make sure you uh, check in and listen to that heaps of podcasts welcome to 2023 everyone my name is Grant Rowley you'll hear from me next week you've just listened to another Network Car production 